With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Noming cars in general scare me, so that's why I don't race them now. But back then you had to, so you're racing your balls off for 1400 bucks. So uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Indiana motto right there. Yeah, yeah. 50 yeah. cars, let's go. Dylan Welch, Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet with you. Fresh off of a... Another night of high limit sprint car racing at the 34 Raceway in West Burlington, Iowa. And Anthony Macri picked up the win there. Zeb Wise was second. Kyle was third from 10th. So um, we've got a lot to, that we want to talk about and, and you know, a lot of different topics. So we can we can jump right into it. Um, Kyle, I guess, again, your night seemed like you guys got rolling, you know, kind of in the middle part of the race and then um, maybe faded a little at the end. Zeb was certainly, you know, really strong at the end. but. Uh, just talk about your night and then kind of how you felt in the feature. Yeah, I felt really good. Um, second night out, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. I felt like we had a shot to win. I, you kind of hurt ourselves in qualifying. We just missed the front row of a heat by one spot. Um, my first lap was going to be really good and, and got over the cushion into three and, and you know, slowed me down. So then the next lap, I just kind of ran 90% to get a safe lap in and it wasn't much faster than my first lap. So Ended up fifth, but had a good battle for the dash spot in the heat. Just came up a little bit short. Um, then, yeah, in the A, you know, we were we were strong. We were you know, able to drive up pretty quickly. Um, felt like I had a great car the first half. Just cautions weren't falling for me. Every time I'd pass Macri, really, I think, you know, I passed him three times and the caution would come out before we all got to the start-finish line. So, would have to go back and, um, you know, had another restart where I, restarted fourth and got to the outside of the leaders and then peck flips. So uh, just cautions didn't fall for me. I think if any of those cautions happen a lap later, I've got a much better shot to win, but we still had a shot late, just, um, you know, came up a little bit short, kind of ran out of laps and got over the cushion, trying hard, trying to you know, make something happen of that last lap and, and fell back to third. So uh, it was a bummer to give up a spot, but um, all in all, I was, I was happy, um, you know, Nice to get another night on the tires. I definitely do feel like there is a difference. Um, but, you know, I, I do, you know, I think, you know, for us to run fifth at Lakeside and, and third uh, last night, you know, I feel like you know, we, we, we're close. So, you know, Paul's really good and, and I think is going to get our car better once we get racing more and um, should hopefully win, win a lot of races. Brad, you were whipping people into shape on the radio from, uh, from what I've heard, but uh, how would you kind of evaluate uh, the night for you guys, I know it was a, a little bit more of an effort just to kind of get the racetrack and the pit area and everything in in, in raceable shape. But um thought it was another great night of, of, you know, track prep from you guys. And track was really racy at the end of the night. Yeah, honestly, uh, 34 race, they, they did a good job with the racetrack. I mean, with the rain overnight, there really wasn't a whole lot we could do. Uh, you know, the moisture was in the track from the rain and you kind of get what you get. Um, You know, so I thought they had a smooth surface and. Um, you know, we tried to try to work it, you know, in as much as possible through the night to, to create that two lanes for the A main, the top ended up getting pretty tricky, uh, you know, watching from the infield, it looked like it almost became, you know, unmanageable at times, but, uh, guys were, 
we're making it work at times. Uh, the bottom was, you know, slow and tricky. The middle groove was there at times. So, um, you know, I wish the cautions, you know, didn't fall. I think it could have turned out to be a much better race, but, uh, you know, from our standpoint, we, we provided a, a pretty good surface. So, um, just happy to get it in. Uh, it was a chilly night, uh, still a lot of learning, you know, on our end, uh, to make sure we get to show, you know, super efficient and super good. Uh, so yeah, I think we're, you know, learning each night. I, I still think there's good room for improvement, but overall, uh, happy with, uh, with how it turned out. When you were, when you're watching Kyle, are you rooting for Kyle? Are you, are you just full promoter at that point or, no, or, is, or is he your brother-in-law? I said he was one throwing the banana peels out there. That's right. You did say that. Yeah. (laughs) No, to be honest, what I'm cheering for as a promoter is a good show. I I, honestly, I'm looking for just something exciting. I want the fans to be into it. Uh, You know, so I know we have the talent there. I know it's my job and and the other track prep crews to get the, the track in good shape. So our stars can put the show on. So I'm honestly just cheering you know, for if it's Kyle to, to make it an interesting race and it's, then it's Kyle, if it's someone else, uh, I'm cheering for them at that point. Um, you know, I'm the ultimate promoter. So I felt like, um, the racing was good. Kyle, I, I was watching intently. I mean, it's hard to ever take your eyes off Kyle, uh, because I'm always interested in, you know, his driving style and the moves that he can make. And, you know, you see, I'll see his car do something one lap and then he's able to counter it really well with, with, with how good he is. And so, you know, I could see him trying to work the middle groove, um, I could see that like when he'd give it a little too much throttle, he would sit in his left rear and, and kind of, you know, he couldn't get it to do exactly what he wanted it to do, but he was certainly searching and he got his wing back and uh, it made it interesting. So I thought Anthony Macri did a really good job. Um, you know, obviously like Kyle said, if he would have gotten ahead of him, I think Macri would have had a hard time passing him, but Macri did a good job being patient on the bottom. Um, and I, I think that's what you had to do. He ultimately got the good restart and got ahead of Mark's. And Buddy was starting to struggle a little bit on the cushion. Uh, the cushion was tricky. So uh, overall, good race, and those guys were on it. Uh, they're all driving really hard, and you could tell that you know they they all want to win win the twenty three thousand. That's for sure. Lap traffic was a little dicey there at the end too, huh, Kyle? Did you get into yeah, any, any uh, of that stuff at the front? So I didn't. I I mean, I watched the highlight back there, and um, uh, I think I think um, Matthew passed Holly College Giovanni and. Um, and there was just a lot going on from, from my seat. So there was like some white cars and, um, then I ended up getting by him and then I got over the cushion and I didn't realize who I was passing, if it was him or whatever, it's just kind of a white car at that point. And then I got over the cushion and Zeb got by and I thought he might've been the car that we were lapping. And I didn't even know, you know, I thought, I thought for sure when I passed the line, I finished second and then Zeb pulled over the scales. I'm like, why is he pulling over the scales? <laughs> I, ran, I ran third, but um, yeah, traffic, it finally, you know, we finally got to traffic and it was getting interesting, very interesting. And then as soon as I got to, you know, second and clear of the traffic, the white came out and I was like, dang, I can't believe it. it didn't feel like we ran that long, but um, yeah, just the cautions kind of plagued the race a little bit. I think it was going to be an awesome race through lap traffic. Um, just with how technical the track was, but, uh, yeah, Anthony did a really good job. You know, he, he plugged away at the bottom, kind of stayed committed to it the whole race, really from the dash on, you know, he was, he was plugging away at the, you know, creeping around the tractor tires and did a really good job. So, um, hats off to him, you know, great win. And, um, we'll try again next week. Brad, are we going to have to have a, uh, a, uh, come to Jesus meeting with your car owner and Blake Hahn here? Are they, uh, (laughs) 
are they all good this this morning or this afternoon? Have we have we gotten an update on that? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know uh, if they're all all good or not. You know, I always say cooler heads always prevail, and it seems like the next day when you sit and think about it, you kind of you know it doesn't it doesn't ever seem to be uh, you know as an angry of a situation as as when you're in the heat of the moment. But um, you know, I I don't see. Uh, where Blake was angry at Casey going back and kind of really looking at all the replays. I mean, Blake was up in the front spun out. Casey was in a beehive nest and cars were going each way. And I felt like Casey kind of had nowhere to go and, and got into Blake. I didn't really think Blake should get out of his car and hold his hands up. And, uh, you know, now looking back on it, that's what then got Casey Casey and his crew guys mad. Um, you know, and honestly, rightfully so. He's got a torn up car. He's obviously not happy. You know, I think it's one of those deals where you just leave it alone and both guys walk to the trailer pissed off that their cars are wrecked. But, you know, placing blame on one or the other, uh, you know, I, I don't see, you know, I don't see that benefit in either guy. So uh, I think it was a lot of heat of the moment. I don't think Blake needed to be mad at Casey. And obviously, uh, you know, when you're pissed off and someone holds their hands up, you know, if it was me, I probably would have hit him. So, you know, that's just, but that's just me. I'm redheaded and very, I get, I get angry really quick. So I honestly think it was good that it was just like a war of words and, you know, maybe a little pushing and shoving, you know, a little scuffle, but, um, yeah, you have to be ready. If you're going to, if you're going to talk, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes that gets you in trouble. So I'm just glad it's, Glad it's over. Uh, glad it wasn't anything worse. Glad drivers are okay, man. These wrecks, you know, from the infield and my perspective, they're, they're scary. You know, you get there, you, you just hope everyone's okay. So, um, you know, hopefully everyone can calm it down next race and we can have a, a much uh, cleaner, cleaner event. Yeah. Well, and, and certainly, um, you know, we had, we did have a couple the other night and obviously I think the one that everybody's probably, uh, most, uh, you know, most familiar with, I guess, is the Connor Morrell, Alex Bowman incident. And, and thankfully, they both got out and, and obviously walked away from the car. Alex, as you know, as we as we learned, is uh, going to have a little bit lengthier recovery. But, um, you know, we were we were talking before we started recording, right, about just some of the safety things and, and, and maybe how you you prevent things like this. But. Kyle, I kind of want to start with you, right? As a, as a guy who has long been a champion of of being able to go and run, you know, other stuff outside of just what you do as a as your full time, you know, kind of job. Like, um, it's important, right, for these guys to be able to go do this kind of stuff. It's a passion for you. It's a passion for Alex. It's a passion for all these guys that want to go race dirt cars and and be able to do it, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously number one, it is a passion. You know, everything that we do outside of our job in NASCAR is a passion of ours, you know, whether it be skiing or snowboarding, um, which, you know, Chase unfortunately got hurt um, earlier this year or, or me racing, you know, sprint cars and dirt cars. Like it's, it's a passion, but um, for me, it's, it's more than that. You know, I think on the driving part of it, and I think, you know, Alex as well, I, I've, I've read articles that he's been in with Jeff Gluck, where he's, you know, using dirt racing as a tool to push himself into uncomfortable situations to, you know, push himself to, to get better, um, for Sundays. And, and that's really the main reason why I do the dirt racing is, is yes, it's, it's a passion, but I feel the more opportunity I have to race, the more opportunity I have to get better you know, hone my craft, 
sharpen my skills, sharpen my reactions and, and ultimately benefit me, you know, for Hendrick Motorsports on Sunday and, and allow us to go compete for wins, compete for championships, which I think all the dirt racing I did in 2021 was a big reason why I won the championship that season. I don't know, you know, yeah, potentially we could, could we have won the championship without racing a single dirt race that year? Sure. I don't know, but I do feel like all the dirt racing I did helped me stay sharp, helped me keep that confidence throughout the year. And, um, that's a good thing. You know, that's, that's, that's the number one thing you need as a race car driver is confidence. So, um, there's, there's all of that. And then I think too, you know, it's, it's, it's still a business for me. You know, I'm not racing dirt stuff for free. Like I'm not going there, not racing for the purse. I'm, I'm going and, and making a really good living outside of my job in NASCAR. You're racing dirt cars, you're winning races, you're getting a, a cut of the winnings, selling my dirt merchandise, which is, which does really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I need to be at the track to, supply for my family and and supply for myself. So there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously I understand the risk um, as we've seen all sorts of drivers get injured, um, you know, throughout the years. And, and I think a lot of your recognition is brought to it when you high profile drivers like Tony Stewart or, or Alex Bowman get injured, you know, unfortunately guys like Brian Clausen or Jason Leffler losing their lives. But um so it's just tough, you know, it's tough to kind of argue it because, you know, there is guys getting injured, but, you know, an argument I, I guess I have is, you know, the sample size between dirt racing and NASCAR is just not the same. You know, there's, there's 40 racers, um, you know, call it a hundred or 120 racing on Friday, Saturday, Sunday in a NASCAR series race where there's thousands of of dirt racers racing on the weekend so the the opportunity for injuries um is higher in dirt racing because there is more racers there's more races you know it's hard for me to i don't know feel the the argument and and i I hear it but um you know i I love doing it and then i feel like it makes me better and on and that's just it right it's like i mean there's you can get injured getting out of bed, stepping onto the floor, roll your, like, it's like, it can happen anywhere. Right. So I think, I think that's the, the argument and, and, you know, Talladega too, obviously is, is a, you know, perfect example of that, right. You're, you're in that situation. It just as easily could have, um, you know, turned into, into something worse and thankfully it didn't, but um, Brad in, in, you know, the safety side of it, you know, for you kind of as a, you know, as a guy now as a series director, um, this type of accident where the, the frame rails hit the back of the, you know, the frame rails hit the ground and stuff. That's a, it's a common thing in sprint car racing that we've seen cause injuries, but um, you were explaining something on Casey's car that, you know, maybe is a way to to help lessen the severity of those impacts. And and it sounds like a couple other guys are, are kind of, um, you know, signing off on that as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, Kyle and I, you know, are, are now stepping into this role, you know, influencing leadership role, you know, for, for sprint car racers. And I think we want to use our platform, uh, you know, to acknowledge these accidents and then try to figure out how to make sprint car racing even safer. Um, I think, you know, this is a pretty common, you know, if there's an accident that seems to occur more often than other crashes that, that create this type of injury, 
it's a uh, you know the the frame rail is hitting the ground it's it's and the way i look at it is energy you know as the car is coming down there's energy your body's in a in motion and has energy so when it, it stops the energy goes to your body your bones so it's uh obviously the back then sees a lot of that impact so um you know they are figuring out uh there is a seat system that Casey Kane and I think I believe Logan Shuhart have implemented where the seats now mounted on like pucks, like hard pucks. So uh, as the impact happens, if it's hard enough when the frame rails hit, now the seat actually can, you know, those pucks can actually move and absorb some of the energy uh, and take away from, from the back. And, you know, I remember Denny Hamlin, you know, crashing at California and his car, his rear tires came off the ground and Eric Amarillo's tires come off the ground. And NASCAR, you know, it went from a quarter inch under the, the butt to a half inch to an inch. You know, they're there's and they have a, a team of people that are literally, you know, working to figure out how to, you know, to solve that type of injury. And they've just they implemented rules and did lots of testing and lots of research. We just don't simply have that in sprint car racing. But now Kyle and I with the resources and, you know, working, you know, with NASCAR and with this company I, I believe it's called capsum uh i'll have to get the exact name of it but casey uses the system so you know i think we're moving towards a safer sprint car uh you know a safer situation and those types of impacts and you know i just think it's it's really key to learn from what nascar's you know learned on their side and you know it's a, it's the same accident it's just you know if, if you fall off a bar stool three feet off the ground and land straight on your butt you're gonna hurt your back or break your back it's just the energy goes to your back and um you know we have to we have to acknowledge those crashes we have to make the sprint car racing safer and and i think the the tools are starting to be there so hopefully uh in the next few years with kyle and i's influence we can you know help champion that effort to to make everything safer you talk kind of about energy dissipation and stuff and and in Connor Morell's side of that crash, right? I mean, the car just disintegrated, right? I mean, it ripped the left side down tube off the car. Like, what did you see there as far as what the chassis did and, and how the car, you know, kind of absorbed some of the energy as opposed to the driver? Yeah, I, I honestly am, I baffled by that, how mangled that car was. I, I don't know what type of tubing they were using or if they've, you know, done something or if it was just little legit, those impacts. Cause that's just wild to me. How, how damaged that car was. I honestly haven't seen a car that bad and maybe ever besides maybe my car when it split in half, uh, you know, a few years ago, but yeah, I'm certainly glad that, that Connor was okay. Cause after seeing that car, you know, he obviously took some, some pretty big, big impact. So I think they're doing a little more research on what happened to that car and why, you know, it was so mangled. So, but the, the frame or the engine even, you know, it came out and the tubing was just mangled. So uh, hopefully we can get to the bottom of that. Um, but I do think, you know, the car obviously took a, a brunt of that for him to get out of that car. You know, obviously the car took a ton of the energy and took a ton of the hits and the tubing bending and stuff's obviously, you know, good for him at that point, I think to, to help him uh, walk away from that. Well, enough of that. I think we're uh, we're certainly glad everybody's okay, all things considered, and uh, certainly hope that Alex uh, is on the mend and, and gets feeling better soon. So, um, on to some racing stuff now, Kyle. I guess I don't think we've done a show. I guess since you wanted Eldora in the modified, right? So, uh, <laughs> seven seven wins in seven different cars at Eldora. 
that's like uh, that place is like your personal ATM now. What other car? We need to get you in what a a uh, Eldora stock car to make it eight, and then you're. I guess. It, got them I all. guess is that is that the reason for the toast this week? The modified. Well, we can. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't do we didn't do one at the start of the show. So we, we didn't we didn't have a we didn't have enough of a reason, but now we just remembered that Kyle won a modified race. Yeah, so there we go. That. It's been a long week. <laughs> no, that was cool. I uh, it was definitely. Um, a fun week of racing for me. I did a lot of, a lot of racing and I don't know, four different types of cars in a week, I guess, modified dirt, late model cup cars, sprint cars. So, um, a fun, normal week for Kyle Larson, I guess, but, uh, no, it was cool. I, I, I yeah, I mean, I went there till door in the modified hoping that I could win there. You know, I, obviously I knew going there that I'd won and everything that I've raced there before. So, um, wanted to be in great equipment. So, um, called up Justin Allgaier and, and uh, he had mentioned to me, you know, a few weeks ago, he's like, Hey man, no, like anytime your schedule works out and you want to run modified, like, just let me know. So I, uh, I asked him five or six days before the race and, you know, him and his family and his team, uh, you know, hauled the car there for me. So it was, it was a lot of fun race for them. They were super laid back. Uh, I've, I haven't spent much time around his dad before. He was super nice. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And, having, you know, my buddy, Nick Hoffman running his, his chassis and having him there kind of running the sticks for me and helping out was, was cool. <laughs> so, uh, that car was just like crazy good compared to the field. So that made it a lot of fun and, uh, made my job look a little easier, I guess the late model I sucked in. So, um, got to get better at Eldora for sure. But the modified was cool, you know, feeling like I had more grip than the field was nice. What surprised you about driving that? I mean, what, like, I mean, obviously it's like, lot slower and, and lazier probably than even the late model, I would imagine. But, um, what, what, to, what, you know, took some getting used to maybe about driving it. Well, honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't much slower. Like when the track slowed down, I, I actually ran faster lap times than that than I did my late model. So, um, it didn't feel way slower. It just felt like I had more grip, which is opposite of what everything and everybody had told me, you know, there, everybody was like, Oh, you're getting a real race car now, you know, these skinny tires and you're gonna have no grip. And man, I felt like I had more grip in that than honestly, a lot of the cars, you know, maybe because the horsepower is a lot less and stuff. And in the car was just so good, but, um, I had more grip than I thought I would have, you know, I could, I could pedal it and get grip whenever I wanted. I could find you know, some Brown and get grip. It was just fun to drive because of that. And, um, the steering, I mean, it, it drove a lot like a late model. The steering was just slower. It was just, I don't know, just, um, I could feel like I had to turn further. And then once it would get turned, I was like slow to get back, you know, correcting, I guess. But, um, once I got the hang of that, you know, that, that took me a bit in the heat race, you know, I kind of faded early in the heat race and then got lucky with the caution and had a good restart and, and won it. But, um, just getting used to the steering for the first few laps was, was difficult. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. We um, we're headed to Kokomo next week with the High Limit Sprint Car Series back to back races. Of course, um, I'm going to pause here because we need to get Brad to watch this video uh, so he can comment on this. I don't. Brad, are you on your phone, right, Brad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we need to figure out how we can get this video to use so that you can watch this. This is a. I I bet I've seen it. So you could just ex, you could just tell well, me which it's one a, it is. It's a comp, it's a compilation <laughs> basically of you from 2005, which um, there's not actually get I guess any Kokomo footage 
um, in this particular video. Let me guess me flipping out of the ballpark at Hobbs. That is, that is a high, that is a highlight. So, yeah. So I, the, the point of it, I, we were just going to talk about, you know, you know, some of your early days of, of racing at Kokomo, even in some of the non-wing stuff and, and Kyle stuff yeah. too. And um, what um, I, I want to, I guess I want to, since we're talking about this, I want to talk about that 2005 year for you when you moved to the Midwest with mm-hmm. heavy D you're, you know, trying to make it. You're. This is the OG Brad Sweet, right? That that the you know, people people <laughs> forget about. Sweet everybody forgets about. Yeah. So they, they they think I grew up in some rich, like big family money team, but they forget that. Yeah, 2005. I was. I think in that video, I'm on my uh, fourth car and five nights at Indiana Spring Week because <laughs> I either got fired or destroyed each car along the way. So. Um, but yeah, when I went to Indiana in 2005, uh, Kokomo had just rebuilt their track. So like all the videos I watched at Kokomo was like this flat quarter mile. And then when I got there, it was like all new wall around it all. Uh, and it was just my favorite track. We'd go there on Sundays and it was just, it was just badass racing. And, uh, I fell in love with Kokomo, always have loved Kokomo and, uh, some of the best races I've ever seen have been at Kokomo non-wing winged, um, anything. So, um, yeah, so it's been fun, but 2005 was, you know, a a year where, uh, I learned a lot. I came to the Midwest to, uh, basically become a sprint car racer. And, uh, I did it with, you know, uh, a buddy, uh, a small truck and trailer and, and one car and, and basically begged, borrowed and stole to do whatever I had to do to race and had a lot of, a lot of great people help me, but, uh, certainly had to, uh, you know, get through a lot of adversity, uh, certainly makes me appreciate where I am now and, and the journey that I've been on to get here. Um, you know, I, I do wish people, you know, could understand, uh, you know, what I've gone through to, to get here. I do feel like people, you know, kind of missed out about me just because I did get linked with, with KKR and, and being able to, you know, have a great career, you know, with Casey, but it was a, it was a long, hard journey to, to get to that point And then also, also to keep it, um, you know, keep the opportunity. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to, to come full circle, uh, to bring a series that Kyle and I are, are starting up to back to Kokomo kind of where it all, all began for me. Give us a good heavy D story. I know there's like a million out there, but give us, I'll, I'll, I'll do one at Kokomo. Cause yeah, give us, uh, give this, us one, one. this one, this is a great one. <laughs> so heavy D and me, I mean, we have, I mean, there's so many good ones, but this one, this one always stands out to me. Uh, it's not even at the racetrack or anything. Cause you know, we'd go race and, and, uh, heavy D I didn't, we, we didn't have money. Like we didn't like, we would just, whatever we would make, they paid cash at the pit, at the pit window at the end of the night, you'd get that cash. And I mean, heavy D would live off that cash for the week. And, and we would run Friday at Bloomington, Saturday, Lawrenceburg and Sunday, Kokomo. And then we'd get enough money to, and then try to get through the week. For whatever reason, uh, we had a pretty good weekend. I hadn't given Heavy D any money, uh, but we used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings in in Kokomo Sunday night after the races. And, uh, you know, about halfway through, you know, it's Bill Rose and just a a ton of these guys that would go there, probably uh, 30 people, say. Heavy D about halfway through the night's feeling spunky. Tabs on me, starts doing the, the, like, hey, hey, everything's on me tonight. You know, we had a good weekend and I'm like, man, where did he get them? Where did he get the money? But I ain't asking too many questions here. So about, it's getting pretty late, getting maybe close to last call. He, he goes, Hey, I, I'm going to go pay the bill. Just go get the truck running. He comes 
I'm out there. He comes sprinting across the the parking lot, trying to pull his pants up, running because he's you know. And he, uh, I'm not proud of it, but it was a long time ago. But uh, dine and dash, right? (laughs) (laughs) The whole bill, but they left Bill Rose there. So then they stuck Bill Rose with the the tab. Well, our little Ford F350 can only go so fast down the road. So we we can only go like maybe 55, or we start overheating real bad. I go, man, Bill Rose, that truck, that big truck's catching us back there. He catches, he catches us about halfway to Indianapolis, uh, flipping us off, mad as could be, throwing chicken wings at us. But it was just, uh, it just, it was just one of those deals where you look back and you just, we were wild, reckless, and and having a good time. But uh, Heavy D was was uh, one of those guys that's just the life of the party, and and uh, always made everything a lot more fun. That's awesome. Oh man. Uh, and Kyle, I, I don't think you, well, I, you've had some good stories, but I, I don't know if there's ones that are quite heavy D level, but Kokomo for you is, is, is kind of a, kind of a place that um, when you moved to the Midwest too, where, you know, you were a, a Sunday night guy, you raced there a lot and a lot of different cars. And um, I imagine for you too, going back there with, with high limits, a, a pretty cool deal too. Yeah, definitely. I, I ran just a couple wing shows there, but a handful of nomming shows, a, a lot of midget races. So, um, yeah, I, I I also love Kokomo. It's a fun, exciting track, sketchy as can be in the turn three, you know, qualifying, getting as close as you can get to that opening there. Um, so it's fun. You know, I, I love that part of it. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of, I mean, I didn't run for points or nothing at Kokomo, but there for a couple months, I feel like we ran most of the local shows, you know, in the, the one K Avery vineyards, uh, nomming car with, you know, Rico and, and Davy Jones. That was 2012 still, honestly, to me is like the most fun I think I've ever had racing. You know, we were just crazy, like kids, <laughs> kind of like Brad and, you know, heavy D on the road. I was me and Rico living with Davy Jones and, stupid and uh you know lighting bombs off in davy's backyard getting the all right so i I stand corrected you do have some crazy stories yeah it just wasn't with heavy d it was with i guess with rico so um i i look back on that year and like wish i could go back to it and just like see it through my own two eyes again but um some stuff not but uh, (laughs) kokomo kokomo was was always fun that's i won uh i don't know that might have been so Kokomo, Kokomo to me was, I struggled there the first few times I ran. Like I would, you know, you look at me now, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty crazy, right? Like out of, not out of, I mean, yes, out of control, but also in control, look, you know, on the edge, wreck hard, mm-hmm. all this and that. But uh, early, you know, my nominating stuff, when I would run Kokomo, I never left the bottom, never, ever left the bottom. And I would run, you know, second, third, and was just scared of the top. And the the night I think Sean Buckley just posted it um the other day. They used to have that TV series. But anyways, I won. But I remember in that race, um, I think I think I beat Grant and Scotty Weir or something like that. They were in it. But anyways, I got to the lead. I think maybe past Wyndham or something. And I got to the lead and I was like, oh shit, like I can't run the bottom anymore. Like I I know the top's faster. And I was so scared talking myself <laughs> on the top and uh, ended up winning the race and, and was like, man, that wasn't too bad. And, and um, it was kind of good at Kokomo ever since then. So um, that was just a lot of fun. I, I, 
like I said, I really miss that year of racing with Davey and Rico and Dalton and Dylan and Michelle. Like just living there was so much fun. Why? Hey, kiddo. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we almost killed Davey <laughs> multiple times too. Why did the top scare you so much there? It was just always curbed up in like, I mean, Davey runs a tight yeah. car. Like, dude, I would, I would literally feel like I'm going to flip over backwards just by myself running the, just straight away down the backstretch. Like it would weave me up and wanted to flip <laughs> over backwards. So I was always scared <laughs> to move around. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it was, I just remember one and two would be like slick to a curb three and four. You have to run straighter and it's a curb and, you know, you just see cars flip there a lot. So not, I mean, nodding, nodding cars in general scare me. So that's why I don't race them now, but, um, back then you had to, so, um, you're racing your balls off for 1400 bucks. So, uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's the Indiana motto right there. Yeah. yeah. 50 yeah. cars. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> What, and you guys can both chime in on this because you both run non-wing and wing stuff there, but um, is it a different, you know, different racetrack in a wing car? Does it, you know, I mean, obviously you have to drive it different, attack it differently, but does it, um, is it a big difference between the two? I'd actually say less of a difference than most yeah. other tracks. I mean, you you really have to commit in three, whether in a non-wing car or wing car qualifying, like you definitely want to open the entry. You just drive an on-wing car a little more sideways there. Wing car is just a little straighter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're both, I mean, both pretty aggressive. Um, you know, there's just a little, there's some, you know, just some little things that are different. But the wing car just, go, it's just you're just going faster in the wing car, um, you know, for the most part. Kokomo, Kokomo, for whatever reason, is just like a weird, it's a, it's a great racetrack, but it's a weird racetrack in that I feel like everything that you race there, you run similar right? Like yeah. I ran a midget there, nomming sprint car, wing sprint car. I even tested a late model there last year. And like all of those, you, you run similar line, you run just as hard as one another, like angles are all really similar. So it's just got that unique shape that, you know, to go fast around there, you have to kind of run, run a certain lane in a certain way. Yeah. Fun racetrack for sure. That'll be next week, uh, May the 2nd. And of course, back-to-back weeks here of coming off of a race at 34 Raceway. All right, final thing uh, before we go, we're going to introduce a new, uh, I guess we can call it a game, and it's hold them or fold them. So something you like in racing, something that you don't like in racing. doesn't have to be high limit specific. It can be anything um, that you want to keep, that you want to get rid of. Brad, I already know Brad's answer, so we can start with Brad. Hold him or fold him. What do you got? <laughs> You're gonna put me on the spot here. Well, uh, you gave us your answer earlier, so don't you have it in yeah. your back pocket already? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say that uh, for our high limit events, eventually uh, fold them on on support classes, just because we are getting you know such big car counts, and I think that uh, we can control, control the show a little better if we, if we don't have that support class moving, uh, moving forward, but no disrespect, just, just something I think that will make the high limit brand a little better. Yeah. I think right. we, you know, we didn't expect to have mid fifties for race cars. So right. that's why we initially scheduled, uh, support divisions, I guess. All right. Well, we got Kokomo thunder cars next week. So, uh, buckle your seatbelts folks, Kyle, hold them or fold them. What do you got? Mm. Uh, I think the choose cone went a lot better this week. It did. I think, um, 
at least for my seat and I didn't hear anything else about it, but I felt like the choose cone went a lot better. The cone was a different color. It stood out. I think the drivers were all more aware of being ready for it. We had a light on it. So um, I thought that was all better. Um, so I'd say hold that fold them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I would agree with Brad on the support divisions, but I'm trying to think of something else. I don't know. Um, fans will probably say fold it, but I think I'm, I'm mostly saying this jokingly, but dude, I love starters. I love starters. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love late models and their starters and the show just goes way smoother. So I would not be opposed to having starters on sprint cars someday. Um, I know not, <laughs> not anytime soon. And, and please don't. Hey, you start with, start with, start with convincing Paul that, and then, yeah, yeah you get past Paul. That'll, and then we'll then we can actually have a real conversation. Was I say they I Paul, if I tell Paul you can be home an hour and a half earlier, he might go for it. So <laughs> nah, they had them nah. on they had them on midgets back in the day. There's a video I've right. seen on USAC's archives somewhere where they were testing it at, at IRP. Dude, the show just goes so much faster. You can be organized and staging before you ever roll out on the track. Like, dude, late that's the been the biggest thing about late water racing that I love is just the flow of the event. And it starts with starters. <laughs> sprint cars, but sprint cars don't have starters. I know. Hold I was them, at uh, Talladega. I was at Talladega short track racing late model. You know, the late model is the premier division that night. And, you know, the, the sprint cars were the support division. And, dude, it took an hour to get hot laps done. I was like, sprint cars are the worst support division. I mean, <laughs> starters on these damn things. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, no, sorry, race fans. Don't, don't kill me, but maybe some yeah. starters. You're definitely going to get hounded on that one. Kyle you might want to cut, yeah. cut that one out. Kyle Larson, <laughs> certified late model guy now. Yeah. yeah. You, put it, you can print it. All right. We, um, we got, uh, got to go here. We're going to uh, wrap this one up and uh, head to Kokomo next week. Driven to Save Lives, the presenting sponsor at Kokomo. Great to have them on board. Um, and of course, uh, we hope to see all of you there for a rare appearance with the wing sprint cars at uh, Indiana's baddest bull ring. And uh, if not, of course, you can watch it live here on Flow Racing with uh, the rest of the high limit schedule, guys. Thank you. Good luck uh, wherever you're at this weekend. I guess, you, Brad, you're going to the uh, St. Louis Hobstadt area and uh, Kyle, where are you guys at Dover, I guess, Dover. this weekend. So Same good time. luck, boys. And we'll uh, we'll see everybody in Kokomo. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Yep. Appreciate it.